You're listening to the She's Unshakable podcast. I'm your host, Fleur Lonsdale, and if you're looking to create incredible courage, resilience, and unshakable belief in yourself, then this podcast is for you. Each episode, I'll be interviewing incredible adventurers, athletes, and entrepreneurs to dig deep into the strategies and tools they use to create unwavering courage and belief so that you can learn how to never give up on your goals and achieve the life of your dreams. Today, I get the pleasure of introducing to you Kim Kimball. Kim quit her high-level job and went traveling around the world. She's got an incredible story of a childhood and things that just haven't quite gone to plan. But she realized that she needed to rebuild her life from the ground up. She decided to give herself healthy boundaries, to heal herself, to uncover some things that she had been dealing with and overcompensating with as a child and within her family. And so she gets to talk to us about how to tune back into intuition, how to overcome challenges and how to form a life that's really true to yourself and no one else. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today and to bring her story alive for you guys who may have been dealing with something similar or can probably resonate with some of her story as well. Cool! Welcome Kim! I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited for you to share your story with our listeners. So first things first, I would love to know, being a coach yourself now, what do you do for your morning routine? Well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, Flora, I really appreciate it. I love being here. Um, My morning routine, I typically try to do a visualization every single morning for anywhere between five and 10 minutes. Um, I also really love to just take the time to journal three different things that I'm grateful for. I think that's a wonderful way to start my day um, and puts me in the right mindset. And then at least three to four mornings out of the week, I will just dive straight into yoga after that. Cool. I love gratitude as well. I think it's such an important part and such an amazing way to start off and finish the day as well. Like when you hear families who talk about gratitude and what they're grateful for at the dinner table, I think is so lovely and I think helps a lot too. Yeah, it really helps your focus for sure. Yeah. Cool. So obviously I've introduced a little bit about yourself and your story, but I'd love for you to to share a little bit more with us about how you got to where you are now and and yeah, a little bit of background for yourself. Sure, yeah. So Growing up, I would say that my childhood was really idyllic until around nine years old. Um, And then there was an addiction in my family that was extremely, extremely disruptive um, to my upbringing, obviously, and to our entire household. And I really, you know, there was a huge, massive struggle with the amount of chaos that happened in our home. And I really internalized a lot of messages during that time um, that, of course, were subconscious until much later in my life. But things such as, you know, I have to be perfect in order to get any attention because most of the attention in my household went towards, quote unquote, fixing the addiction problem in my home um, that I, you know, that I have to be perfect, that I have to do everything right, that my 
needs really um, aren't as important as everyone else's in the household. Um, but on the outside, everything about me looked that part, right? That I was the strong one, that I was yeah. um, doing everything right, that I made straight A's in school, that I never did anything wrong, that I was the captain of the field hockey team, that I <laughs> went to college and I made great grades. And um, and then I went to graduate school even after that, and I, and I got the highest level of education possible. I got my doctorate um, in physical therapy. And all through that time, I would really say that I was struggling so much internally. Um, and all of the sort of discontentment and unhappiness and not really knowing who I was just really continued to build. And I would say... Um, the point where it really began to break down, well, there were multiple points, but the first point is when, um, the addict in my family, um, finally got arrested and everything sort of crumbled in my household. And then the second point was when I started to get, um, much older and it was always a, a goal of mine to get married. And that just was not something that was happening for me. And I was 32 at the time. And I was in a serious relationship, what I thought was a serious relationship, um, and the the guy ended up just completely obliterating and breaking my heart into a million pieces. And really, you know, what I've since realized is that what happened there is that it shattered what I had in my mind of what my life was supposed to look like mm-hmm. and what it was going to look like. Um, and in that moment, really changed everything for me because... I realized that nobody was coming to save me, that no external circumstance in my life was going to create the life that I wanted for myself. So I think up until then, I thought, you know, when X, Y, Z happens in my life, um, then I'll be happy, right? Um, When I get married, then I'll be happy. Or when I get my doctorate and get this career, then I'll be happy. Or you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank. Um, and I think that relationship failing was really the last straw for me to realize that no one else was going to create that life for me, that no external circumstance in my life was going to, um, quote unquote, be my savior, that, that really I had to be the one, um, to build that life from the ground up. And I was forced to really confront how, how deeply unhappy I was and how deeply unsatisfied I was and how when I looked at my life that I had built this life that looked really great on paper, right? Yeah. Um, and I looked really successful and I looked um, like I sh- quote unquote should be happy yeah. and it just, it didn't feel like it fit. I felt like I was a square peg in a round hole and when I looked at my life, I didn't see myself in it. Um, it looked like what everybody else expected me to do. It didn't look like me. And so kind of my most courageous moment, I think, was when I just decided, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I gave up all the pretenses. I quit my job. I had zero other backup. I, I didn't have any other job lined up. I had zero return ticket. I booked a one-way ticket to Iceland, (laughs) and I proceeded to travel to nine different countries um, over the course of four months and backpacked around the world by myself. 
And during that time, I just got really like brutally honest with myself of who I was, what I really wanted, the ways I needed to grow. Um, and because I had an ocean that was separating me and my family and everyone that I knew, and you know, I was 12 hours away from even being able to, I was able to do it without a lot of outside voices or opinions telling me what I quote unquote should do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so when I came back home, you know, now has started the process of, I, I started my own business. Um, I got my coaching certification and I started on that journey, but really it all began with, um, that unraveling of that relationship, I think. So I was just going to ask that actually was, was when you actually figured out that things weren't quite the way that you wanted to, like what was going on at that time? Was it just the relationship or was there other things happening in your life that made you sort of realize that this perfect life that everyone thought that you had wasn't quite what you expected life to be like? Yes, it was definitely, I would say the primary catalyst was the relationship, but on top of that was also the job. Um, And again, I had spent many thousands of dollars um, to be doing what I was doing. I had spent seven years of college education to be doing what I was doing. And every morning I would, and on top of that, like I, I loved my coworkers. I loved everyone that I worked with. Everyone that would come in to visit me at work would say, man, like this seems like such a great job. And I can imagine being so happy here. Um, and yet it wasn't, it didn't feel satisfying to me. It didn't feel, it just felt like it wasn't the entire picture or story for myself is the best way I know how to explain it. Um, so it was those two primary things of, of, really looking at this vast expanse of my life and realizing that, you know, I wasn't in like a placeholder career. I was in a career where once you have this career, you do this career for 20, 30 years and you don't change. Right. (laughs) So I was looking at this like, Oh my gosh, can I imagine my life being the same and this being my life for the next 20 or 30 years and that terrified me quite frankly yeah because I realized I wasn't satisfied and that this wasn't all there was um for me at least you know it didn't feel like it was everything that I had to offer in the world um so between those two things I just I quit everything and I up and left for a little while to gather my bearings and I think traveling is one of the best ways for you to spend time by yourself getting out of your comfort zone really seeing how other people live as well I think we get so caught up in what society thinks we should be doing or what our families think that we should be doing and what this perfect life looks like when actually we go away and and see how other people live and just see their joy as well around different parts of life and I think that's what I absolutely love about traveling and seeing different cultures and how they run too so what was your best thing from traveling what did you learn most from from doing that and taking that experience Hmm, I so agree with you um and it does just have such a way of 
really honing in on what's important and helping you to um, let go of the rest, you know? Yeah. Um, gosh, some of my, everybody always asks me, well, what's your favorite place or what was your best experience? And each place kind of had its own its own uniqueness, but one of my favorite memories, I was in Laos um, in Southeast Asia, and I got to stay there for a more extended period of time, and there was a little organic farm that I got to volunteer my time at, um, and when I got there, you know, of course, they knew readily, immediately that I was American, and they were like, oh, we can put you to work. Um, let's have you teach English. And mind you, I have never, like, I, I speak the language. I have no <laughs> idea how to teach it. Um, you know, I just, I grew up speaking it. It's not, and of course, I've taken English classes in college and, all, you know, but I have yeah. no formal education in how to teach English. Um, and they told me, oh, it'll be super simple. And we just will have just a few kids come and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, the day arrives, I agree to it. I walk in and there's probably over a hundred people overflowing out the doors wanting me to teach them English and their, their skills in English ranged from, they couldn't say their name or really anything in English to, they were reading the great Gatsby by themselves. (laughs) And I'm sitting here looking and I'm, I'm like, what do I do? And how, how do I even go about this? So I kind of make a makeshift class. And I just remember standing up in the front, um, teaching about like contractions in English. I don't even know why I chose that. Um, but I started teaching about contractions. Contractions that you have when you're pregnant. No, no, no. Contractions like can't being a contraction. Oh, sorry. Not. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I was like, Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) it was just all in all, I I think it, it ended up being multiple weeks of this where I was teaching them every day. And it was just such an enlightening thing to see, even at my makeshift attempts, how grateful they were, um, just how they would show up from so many different areas of the village and come from near and far in order to attend my class, you know, versus us in America going to class, kind of dozing and zoning out and nobody cares and why are we here versus over there, everybody was, it was, it was such a privilege to them to be able to learn from an American. And it was just really cool to form some bonds with some of the students over there um, and to experience that. Yeah, I can imagine that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. And so I would love to dig into you coming home and doing your, your coaching certificate and starting that. How has that journey been and what challenges have you faced along, along that way, especially when it comes to people saying, you know, you have this amazing career, why are you not going back to it or why are you doing something else? I can imagine that's probably happened a few times. <laughs> yes, most definitely, more than a few times. Um, well, the challenges honestly have, have been quite immense. Um, so when I came back, I did take a PT job again because I had, you know, I had to have something to pay the bills. Um, and it is, it is a part of me. I just don't think it's the full picture. It's not the full spectrum. Yeah. Um, so I still enjoy treating the body. I just really also love marrying it with the mind and the mindset work that I do in coaching. Um, so 
the challenges to start out with were that I was still working PT part-time. I was going to my coaching certification, which was a very intense training that lasted a year. During that period of time, I was engaged, and so I was planning my own wedding um, during that period of time as well, which I we, we got engaged and married within six months. So wow, it was a short engagement, was planning the wedding in the midst of that, um, which I feel like all of those things within themselves are kind of a full-time job, and then <laughs> you lump them all together. I, I honestly look back and have no idea how I did it. Um <laughs> And then in the midst of all that, of course, as soon as the, as soon as the coach training was over, it begins the, the whole other process of like, okay, I, I know how to coach and I love this and I know that this is what I want to do, but now I have to do this whole other skill set of marketing myself and, and going through all of that. So, and as you said, you know, you, you constantly get these kind of looks and, and side eyes, like, why, why are you going through all this? You know, why are you, why are you putting yeah. forth all this effort when, when you have a perfectly acceptable and wonderful <laughs> career um, that anyone would like? And to be honest with you, that stuff has never really bothered me. Um, it's good. Because it's just everyone has their opinion, you know, and, and I have spent most of my life choosing and making choices based on what everyone else wanted for me. And when I went on that trip, I got really clear, really clear of living my life according to what everyone else wants for me does not work. And it doesn't lead to fulfillment for me. It leaves me feeling like I'm living somebody else's life. And so just having that clarity allows those comments um, to really roll right off my back. And for me to be able to just kindly say, you know, I can certainly appreciate that, but this is part of me that I really feel needs to be expressed in the world. Yeah, agreed. And I think it's, it's really nice, actually, because there's not, I don't think there's that many people who have the courage to just say to people you know what this is what I'm doing and you can have your opinion but this is me and this feels right mm-hmm. and I think yeah. it's really it's it I mean it takes something it because everyone almost thinks that that perfect life that they think is perfect and that story that we tell ourselves that you know we'll be happily married and have 2.5 children and a career for 50 years by the time we're 25 and a house with a small mortgage and everything will be happy and fine and dandy and it just doesn't work like that and I think it's so important it's funny because we had um another beautiful lady Lynette on the on one of our podcasts one of our previous podcasts who has now moved to Bali and she had you know, a high-flying career in London and was married and just realised one day that something was missing and she had to go on that journey and find out what it is. And now she's, you know, living in in Bali with a a new husband and her child and a completely different life, you know. And I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's funny how most of us probably don't sit to think and see what it really is that we want and what makes us fulfilled so I'd love to know like what what sort of made you what sort of inspired you to go in that direction and helping other people and what's something that you use around that 
Um, so do you mean inspired me to go in the direction of being a life coach? Yeah, and I guess helping other people to figure that out as well, right? Like you did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think I think obviously my own journey is the main thing that inspired me. Um, just having to do all of this really deep inner work myself and then really wanting as sort of like an, a redemption story, right, to help others to pay it forward um, because I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, my story is unique as you just so aptly pointed out. I think so many of us have to go through this discovery journey. I think it's part of life. And I think having the support around that, um, is, is a true, is a true calling. And that when, when we go through it, it's a beautiful thing to then help others along with the same thing. But, um, to answer your question, it's actually a, it's a really funny story of how I ended up in coaching. I didn't honestly even know that coaching was a thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I have had um, many, many years of therapy secondary to the, the addiction in my family, and I had gone through many years of therapy. Um, and I, on my journey when I was traveling around the world, I just, I, I really grappled with what is it that I am supposed to do? Like, what is it that I am uniquely made to show up and to do in the world? Um, and it always came back to, you know, when I was reading books or I was brainstorming, like, I really want to help people live a life. And this was kind of the rough version back then, but live a life of what is true to them and just not what is necessarily expected of them, which of course was my journey. And then I came home and I just started grappling with all these business ideas. And I took, um, uncage your business, which is an amazing program with Becca Tracy, who is a coach. Um, and she really helps you with messaging and, and come up with, um, how to market and, and in this program, apparently everyone were, was life coaches and I would say what I wanted to do and they would kind of scratch their head and they would be like, you mean you, you, you're a coach? And I was like, what, what is that? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I, I'm in this program. I have this business idea and you guys are telling me that what it is that I'm saying I want to do <laughs> is coaching, but I've never even heard of this stuff. Um, and so this gracious, gracious coast, uh, coach that is really successful and, um, lives in the UK. Um, she was like, I can get on a call with you and I can coach you so you can experience it and you can know what it's like. And I can answer any questions about it for you. And I got on the coaching call with her and I swear to you, it was one of those moments in life where like, I literally felt the cogs in a wheel, like coming into place and clicking into place. And in that moment, I was like, this is it this is what I want to do. This is the thing that like I've been searching for. And back when I was traveling around the world and coming up with my own business ideas, it was almost like there wasn't a clear path. If that makes sense to doing what I do, I felt like I was blazing my own trail with a machete in a jungle. (laughs) And then when, when I heard about life coaching, it was like, Oh my gosh, there's this solid path to do what I do. And it already exists. 
and there's a way for me to do it and I can get a certification in this and I can get training in it and, and then I can do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the funny story of, of how I came upon coaching and my path to coaching. That's awesome. I love it. And so apart from the marketing things, because obviously starting a business is, is difficult, we come through some pretty big challenges, whether that's our own personal growth or business as well. But apart from the marketing, what other challenges have you sort of faced? And have, has there been any sort of face down moments where you've just been like, I can't do this and had to really turn it around and to get back up again? Yeah, so... The funny thing is, is in my coach training, um, I got trained at the Courageous Living Coaching Certification, and as part of it, she had a video series, um, and I just remember this so distinctly that in the video, she was asking different coaches for advice to give us when we wanted to give up, and I remember watching that video and saying to myself, because, you know, of course, I had just gone through the coach training, and I was completely lit up with it. I just remember th- remembered thinking to myself, oh, no, that will never be me. <laughs> I will never want to give up. Like, absolutely not. I, I'm much too passionate about this. I love this much too much. Um, that will never be me. And, and now I'm raising my hand being like, I've wanted to give up like six times at, at least, probably more. Um, <laughs> and I And I have to, you know pick myself up and keep going. I mean, just, just this week I was in, I was in tears, you know, multiple, multiple times, but my love for this, um, my belief that this is what I'm put on this earth to do, um, you know, keeps me going. But, but some of those challenges have been, you know, putting out different offers and just hearing crickets, you know, And, and that's so hard when, you believe in your work so much, you know, you're capable, you know, you're confident and, and you know, um, that what you have to offer can change people's lives and you you put your all into it and then, and then you get met with crickets, you know? Um, and that's been on many different things that I put out there. So, so that can be a really hard thing to talk yourself through and to overcome, or it can be, um, you know, putting yourself out there, and being successful for a little bit for something to sort of flop and fall fall on its face, which is its whole whole other thing. But the coolest thing about all of the challenges that I have encountered in business, and this is one of the reasons I love entrepreneurship, and I think I will never not be an entrepreneur, is that I find that it has a way of magnifying like no other thing, maybe other than marriage, it has a way of <laughs> magnifying what is inside you and what still needs work. So, um, you know, I, I help people, I help women with people pleasing and with boundaries and guess what I have had to work on getting even stronger in, in my business is people pleasing and boundaries. Cause I can find myself getting sucked back into that, um, with my clients. I can find myself um, starting to have poor boundaries with my business, for example, you know, taking emails uh, over the weekends or, you know, allowing social media to consume, to consume me, uh, you know, all of that is business boundaries. Um, yeah. So, so much like whatever is within me that I still need to work on is going to come out in my business. And, and I believe is a beautiful way to work on those things. Yeah, 
I think it's it's really important to understand the boundaries as well. I, I do it myself and I'm just like, wow, no, we really need to to create something here so that people understand that you know you're running a business but that doesn't mean that you work 24 7 (laughs) means that you still have a life and you built a business because you want to have more of a life rather than having to work for someone else right so exactly and but the temptation is because we can work from anywhere and you know you can do everything um online that, that you can carry it with you anywhere and and we have to be of course very good about those boundaries um ourselves yeah where people can see that and sense that and yeah, absolutely. 100%. So do you have any sort of strategies that you have in place of when you have those moments where you just want to give up that keep you going apart from your why to knowing that you're on this planet for a reason? Is there anything else that you use to get you back into that state? Yeah, so I use all of this stuff with my clients as well, but... Yeah. I, I really have come to a place where um, when I'm feeling something, I want to allow myself to feel it fully. And I don't want to make myself stuff it. I don't want to force myself to be okay. I don't, I, I think false positivity is a really toxic thing as well. I'm very against false positivity. So in other words, if I'm having a really hard time in my business, um, I'm not going to slap a Band-Aid on it and be like, oh, it's fine, you know, Um, or tell myself, just try to, in other words, I'm not going to force myself to be somewhere that I'm not in that moment. I want to allow myself to fully experience where I am um, and to honor that, to honor that space, to honor my emotions, um, to, and and then to realize that, that, you know, tomorrow is another day. And I have another opportunity tomorrow. And just because something happened yesterday doesn't mean that that's the same thing that is going to happen today. So, and I I think another um, huge thing that has been huge for me and it's huge for my clients is learning self-trust. And so what I mean by that is um, that in those moments that I'm trusting myself to show up for myself. In other words, I'm not, I'm not, I know that I trust myself to not give up. I know that I trust myself to, um, you know, give myself a break when I need a break, for example, that I trust myself to continue to show up for myself in my process and to allow my process to be what it needs to be on this journey, that I'm not going to give up, that I'm not going to throw in the towel, um, that I trust myself to do what I need to do, um, for myself and for my business. That's cool. I've never actually thought about it like that before. I always, I always sort of do the, I'm trusting, you know, trusting the universe that's bringing me everything that I need at the moment to grow and develop and be the person that I am. And sometimes that's challenges that you need in your life in order for that to happen. But it's a really cool way to put it actually to trust yourself and know that you can do everything that you want when I, when you want and at the level that you want as well um so hopefully our listeners can take something from that too yeah it's a 
it's a trusting in your own resilience, you know, even looking back on what you've been through and, and, and seeing what you've been through and, and trusting that you will continue, um, and that you will keep on. And I think it's a really interesting point that you talk about of trusting the universe or trusting God or whatever you want to name it and, and feels good for you. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm a very, um, spiritual person, but sometimes I feel like even for me as a spiritual person that can feel like too out there. Um, but then I realized that the, the divine lives in me. Right. Yeah. And the more that I trust myself, the more I feel like I can trust God and the universe because I, I feel like those two things, um, for me at least go synonymously hand in hand because the divine is within me as well absolutely and I think believing that and having that sense is so important and can really just pull you through anything I honestly think when you're truly truly aligned with that that feeling you will break through any barriers and any challenges and you will keep going because that's what we're here for yeah a thousand percent so one last question that I would love to ask you is what's the scariest thing you've ever done Hmm. well I think we already talked about it but the scariest thing I've ever done by far hands down was quitting my job leaving everything having zero return ticket and really I left behind my life as I knew it and I created a new one um And so that was by far the scariest thing. And I think it was honestly, maybe, no, it was, it was the first time in my life up to that point where I followed my own inner wisdom, my own intuition over how everything quote unquote should look or be. Yeah. And that was the first lesson in really learning to trust myself over all of these outside voices and it has set the precedent for everything that's cool and so how how do you sort of because I still think as much clarity and as much vision that you have and you know where you're going and you know what you're doing there's always people or feelings that come up and make us think that you know oh are we doing the right thing or maybe we should do what everyone else thinks that we should be doing or you know maybe maybe everyone else is right and I'm wrong kind of thing <laughs> which yeah. I which I hate but what do you how do you feel yeah. when, when I'm you, sorry I think you cut out a little bit at the end oh sorry um how do you feel when when those feelings come up and and how do you deal with them Yeah, so I feel my coach training was really instrumental in this area. And the reason being, um, there were, I I don't know, I think there was 50 or so of us. um, And we started out our coach training in person at a live retreat weekend. And even, you know, that kind of set the tone for so much vulnerability between us. And then it was really a year of us diving so deep with one another. I mean, this is the most vulnerable and raw and real that I have ever gotten with another group of humans. Um, (laughs) And then I had the honor of being asked onto the leadership team the following year as a mentor coach um, this year. 
And so I've, got, I've been able to be a part of the program in some capacity for two years now. Cool. And the reason that I'm mentioning this and I'm referencing this for your question is because I think it normal, this program normalized fear for me. And so I think until I was this vulnerable with this many people, I had this weird notion that I think so many of us do that we think that we're the only ones that experience the things that we experience. Yeah. That we think that we're the only ones that have the types of fears that we have, that we're the only ones with like the negative inner tape that goes on in our minds. We're the only ones that have to deal with the doubt and the criticism that goes on, or, you know, we're the only ones that are worried so much about what other people think. And then when you go that in depth with that many people, you start to realize, dude, I'm really freaking normal. <laughs> this, this, is, this is something that everyone experiences. Yeah. And then being part of the leadership team, I'm, I am, you know, working with coaches who, you know, are well into the six-figure range, who are extremely successful, and I get to rub, you know, shoulders with them, and I get to talk with them on an intimate level, and they still have fears. Yeah. And it, because that's the other lie, right? The other lie that we believe is like, well, okay, well, I can believe that everyone else that's quote unquote like me doesn't experience this stuff, yeah. but surely those who are quote unquote successful no longer do. And then you meet these people and you rub shoulders with these people who are the quote unquote successful people in your brain. And if they're really vulnerable and honest with you, which I've been lucky enough to have mentors who are, um, then you will see, you know, they still have the same fears. Yeah. And so it's it's such a normalizing thing that I am able to no longer, um, I guess what I'm saying is I'm, I'm able to no longer take it as meaning something about myself. I no longer take it as meaning um, something about my, my worth or who I am as a person or about my abilities. And it's much more of like, hey, this is just part of being human. Yeah. You know, that that's all that this means. This means that I'm a human being living on planet Earth. That's all that it means, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and then I get to go into my toolbox and to use all the tools that I know, um, you know, and that I work with clients on, I obviously use on myself to build that self-trust, to build that inner resilience, to um, have that courage. To me, the definition of courage um, is feeling the fear. You're not getting the fear to go away because it's part of being human. It, it's not, it's never going to go away. It's just whether or not we choose to listen to it. Yeah. So it's feeling the fear and then it's doing it anyway. You know, I can say, yeah, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to choose to do this. Yeah. You know, and that's where the courage is. Yeah. I love that. Have you read that book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway? No, I haven't. Um, my mentor, Kate Swoboda, that I was talking to about, that is the leader of the um, Courageous Living Coaching Certification, she has a book called um, The Courage Habit, and that's sort of her primary um her primary thing is feeling that fear and doing it anyway. Oh, cool. But that's one I should read for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we might um, have to put that book in the show notes so that our listeners can find it too. 
Cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks, Kim. That was really, really fun. I had, it was really lovely to hear your full story and delve deep into your coaching. And I'm wishing you lots of luck with it all. I'm sure that there's many happy moments coming your way as well as some more challenges. That's life. Yeah, That's absolutely. life. <laughs> You're right. But um, it's, it'll be really cool to, to watch you and, and see you grow. And I'm really excited for what's coming your way. And thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and wisdom with us as well. And I'm sure that it's massively helped some of our listeners today. And hopefully they can send you some thanks. But I'd love to know what's, what's the best way that they can find you, get in contact with you. Or is there anything that they can do um, to help show their support? Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. And the best place to find me, I hang out the most on Instagram. Um, and my handle is Kim Kimball Coaching. And Kimball is spelled K I M B A L L. Um, and then my website is the next best place. And that is just www.kimkimballcoaching.com. Awesome. Sweet. Perfect. Well, hopefully we'll, yeah. I'll follow you on Instagram as well <laughs> and everyone else can uh, go yeah. and find you and say hi. Cool. Well, thank you so much for jumping on, Han, and have a beautiful evening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listener and give us a five-star review. Don't forget to join our free Facebook community called She's Unshakable, where we get to share our tips and tricks and experiences with building courage, resilience, and belief in ourselves. I look forward to meeting you in there.